Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'm Steve Surly, my partner's Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association, in particular St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion. Daiwa, we've got your bass covered. They certainly do. Daiwa Reels. We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast every week. It's available 24-7 everywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget, you can always get it at our website, wefishasa.com. Uh, Dave and I record We Fish ASA at two separate studios in Illinois. We ship the audio down to our executive producer, Brad Neerman. He's with Berserk Productions down in Lando Lakes, Florida. Brad puts it together for us. Thank you very much, Brad. On today's show, we welcome Dan Johnston from St. Croix, giving a uh, Bassmaster Classic preview. i talk to a guy named Dustin Wolf about catching fish called Xander. They're only available in a couple of lakes in the country. They're like walleyes on steroids. Dustin Wolf's going to tell us about the huge Xander he just caught. Now I get to visit with Randy Howell, one of the best fishermen on the planet. Just broke the Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour record for biggest fish ever caught in one of their tournaments. And he did it on consecutive days. Broke the record twice. Unbelievable story. One of the best guys around, Randy Howell. But first, let me swing it over to Dave Kranz, who's going to bring on our friend Dan Johnston. Here you go. Take it away, David. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast. And this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. And about 99% of the time, they bring us Dan Johnston. Welcome back, Dan. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm glad to have you here. Uh, pretty exciting time, Marches. You got, uh, you know, we got used to just have the Bassmaster Classic. Now we got Bassmaster Classic. A few weeks later, you got the Red Crest from Major League Fishing. Big events for the bass world. But I think it's not only important for the bass world. It, those are big events for the fishing world, isn't it? They are. They're they're really as arguably as big as any species out there in terms of just enthusiasm and you know all age demographics. I mean, you got your you got uh, your elderly people into it. You got millennials into it. Men and women and you name it. It's just it's awesome. And I would also say, from speaking on behalf of Saint Croix's perspective, is we're really involved with all of it. And if we're specifically, we're sponsoring the BASS Opens this year and then we're going to be at the Bassmaster Classic in Greenville on March 5th South Carolina and then we're going to be at the MLF Red Crest event in Tulsa the 25th with our factory booth so you know we're um uh, we see it and feel it and it's a, just a great opportunity to connect with the anglers out there and not only show them what St. Croix provides it's much greater than that it's like one big family it is and and I think one of the biggest thing that comes out of this for the whole sport fishing industry is the vi visibility with the mainstream stream media. Mainstream media covers these big events where they don't do every single smaller event, but but these are uh, what are notably the called the Super Bowl of bass fishing type events. And I think they're very important to uh, the rest of our uh, everybody that goes fishing and, and to get more people involved. 
Yeah, we normally do a Bassmaster Classic. I can speak to that one quite a bit. I've been to a bunch of them um, working for St. Croix in the Convention Center. And uh, I can speak to it, and, and I've said this before on Bassmaster Classic Recap Podcast we've done, is everybody that loves to fish needs to go to one just to feel the energy. It's whether you're a bass fisherman or not. It's just uh, it's it's pretty amazing not only to see the you know, a lot of companies are doing their – uh, key bass launch for the coming year call they're calling it a mid-season they're launching it the classic now so not only is it cool to see new product but you just see all the names of the you know the, the people that have been you know instrumental in the sport all the way back since the sport's been pioneered and then you've got the tournament itself which is just ridiculous it's like they have the big arenas with the music and the boats pull up and it's cool and that's on the on the Bassmaster classic side so yeah it, it's something i would recommend people go to and but it's, it's a level of energy that you can't experience unless you actually go to it yeah yeah the and and the benefit to the consumer is the guys that fish these leagues that don't qualify to fish the big tournament uh are there for their sponsors so you have a lot of opportunities and retired guys that uh that uh, you've watched their programs on TV the Jimmy Houston's the Hank Parkers many times uh you're going to get to see these guys uh, at at events there and in their sponsors booths and get to talk to some of the people you you grew up watching or idolized even today um, and and that's a benefit isn't it well not only that first of all yes emphatically yes but not only that but you can be a it's a great place to be a fly on the wall if you hang or if you hang around these booths and watch these people talk and engage to people it's un- unbelievable how much you can learn and just because certain people do things in the south differently than they do in the north but they say something that triggers you i got on a topwater bait for smallmouth that i'm throwing now back home that i 100 percent stole from the south and it's a color and a modification. And I heard a guy talking about it at the Bassmaster Classic. And I thought, you know what? That's going to work more than places other than just Dale Hollow. And it did. It worked in northern Wisconsin. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't have figured it out unless I was standing there listening to two people I could tell were both hammers because they were talking about the rod tip, the line size, the hooks, the, the whole deal. So the, I think from an informational standpoint, it's gold. Just don't be afraid to... Be ready to listen. And it's it again, it's more than just engaging and talking to that pro or whatever. But a lot of times you can pick thing up, pick things up more peripherally, just kind of being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, and, and the opportunity to see all these different products, uh, whether it's lures or lines or, you know, all the way up to boats. Almost every major boat manufacturer attends these t- attend these events, and, and you can go in there and jump in those boats and take a look at them. And, uh, you know, even if it's a pipe dream, you can have the opportunity to look at it where maybe your local uh, uh, boat show or sports show um, doesn't have that kind of selection. These these facilities are massive, and these arenas that they fill with people are massive. It's 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 uh, like you said, you got to go at least once, and once you go once, you're going to want to go back and, and go again, aren't they? Well, three years in a row, we'll be launching something at the Classic St. Croix. Will be this year. It's the new reimagined Legend Tournament Bass. And uh, last year was that victory rod that's on fire, you know, so it's always, and that's just us. You can imagine all the other vendors there. I know Z-Man had that Minimax chatterbait last year that I just 
really pushed hard to get a hold of a couple before they were out. But the fact that you can see them and touch them and pick them up and look at these things is, you know, it, it is. It, I agree a hundred percent. It's, it's different. The consumer shows are awesome. The thing about consumer shows that are great. This Bassmaster Classic is a consumer show, but I'm talking about the regional consumer shows like the Chicago one Dave, you and I have done seminars at for years. Those are great because they have their local nuance. You know, you speak so well to local fisheries that it's been a, honor speaking with you in front of people but the bassmaster classic's much more national even though it's at a given location and i get that it has a national appeal in terms of product selection and that's what makes it unique and you you can no matter where you're from in the country you can benefit by going to the classic yeah especially the people that live there can you imagine they get to watch on tv watch these guys they got cameras in the leaders boats watch them fishing they're gonna say i know that bay i know that channel i know that flat i i know that river you know that river uh, cut that he's in and the creek channels that are there uh, and then they can watch it and then many times they get to talk to the guy that was doing the fishing and you know they're going to leave they're going to be done with the tournament and they're going to be fishing all over the country but they can go back and use that whether it's uh, you know uh in South Carolina, North Carolina, or out in, uh, you know, Oklahoma. And uh, those those places are uh, are bucket list places to go. But for the people that are within driving distance of, you know, five, six, seven hours, uh, you can learn a ton at these events and definitely uh, should go and, and do that. And and like you said, you, you've introduced products at these that were mid-season. And, or, you're not the only company that does that. Other companies do that, too. That's right. You know, and, and I, I should also, you know, certainly speak to the MLF Redcrest event, too. I mean, that's a whole nother avenue of going to be awesome information that's going to be in Tulsa that's for for us this year that's actually going to be the event where we're putting legend tournament available for sale nationally but it's certainly at that show too so um you know the, which is different because the last two years it's been at the classic um so the, it's it, the, the point that I'm trying to make is while the Bassmaster Classic and the Major League Fishing Red Crest events are really two totally compartmentalized events run by two completely different people they both offer a lot to the everyday angler they both have a national exposure to them they're both uh just over overflowing with information like i said both would be a great opportunity to not only engage with people there but be that fly in the wall no doubt it's going to make you better i know it's made me better yeah, and what's kind of nice this year is you have one event that's uh, that's pretty far east and one event that's west of the Mississippi. So um, one or the other would be great to attend. Both would be awesome. But, uh, you know, uh, they are opportunities to learn and to grow and to learn more and get to talk to uh, people like yourself that are in the booths. You, you guys that haven't been to one, um, the people they have in the booths are generally Pro staff, factory people, these people know what they're talking about, and it is an opportunity for you to make a list of questions and go there, and somebody in that building or either one of those buildings will have an answer for you, and it'll be the right answer, won't it? Oh, I absolutely believe that. There's a there's a select group of us that go to these shows internally. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be one of them. I'll be at the Bassmaster Classic and the MLF Redcrest event. Um, again in south carolina and then also in uh tulsa um so i i do agree with that and not only will and i could again just speaking on behalf of st croix not only will we just have the new rod but we'll have our other bass centric series there too that we could certainly answer any question you'd have about any of our product 
Yeah, great opportunity. And, and if you're watching somebody that's uh, leading the tournament and they're doing a certain technique, you'll be able to tell them uh, what they need to, to uh, duplicate that at home or on that water or, or similar waters. And just just a great opportunity and uh, uh, to, to see pros, to see product, to, to do uh, just really be engaged in our, our industry and uh, definitely uh, looking forward to seeing uh, who comes out on top on both of those. And uh, definitely, as always, Dan, thank you for being on the podcast and look forward to uh, the next time. Yeah, Dave, looking forward to talking to you soon. Excellent. That was Dan Johnston. This segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote. And the We Fish ASA podcast will be right back after these messages. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley. And this segment of We Fish ASA is brought to you by Calcutta, makers of a lot of products and fits your fishing lifestyle and passion. With us now, I'd like to introduce you to a very, very avid fisherman, spends an awful lot of time on the water, on the ice, and we're going to talk to him about a very impressive catch that he recently had. Please welcome Dustin Wolf. Hey, Dustin, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. First of all, how old are you and where are you from? I am 22 years old and I live in Fargo, North Dakota. Fargo, North Dakota. Okay. Uh, I read it. uh, It was all over media. Uh, Target Walleye picked it up, the fishing wire, and it was about this fisherman that caught a tremendously large fish called a Xander. Tell us what a Xander is. So it's basically uh, Europe's version of our walleye, and uh, they can get a little bit bigger. So uh, they they aren't you you really can't catch them anywhere in North Dakota except or in North America for that matter, except for one lake in North Dakota. And uh, me and my buddy John actually decided we were going to try to target them one day, and ended up getting into them. And it's been super fun going after them ever since then, basically. How far is the lake from where you live? I'm sorry, could you repeat yourself? Yeah, how far is that lake from where you live? Uh, 
It's about an hour and a half drive for us. Okay. But uh, we find ourselves doing it multiple times. Okay. Every winter. Now the 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 thing I'm I'm not I'm not even asking you for the name of the lake because that seems to be a big secret. Uh, nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody from the area. Nobody from the state. Uh, but they planted they planted uh, uh, over a thousand fingerlings and one hundred eighty thousand uh, fry in this particular lake back in nineteen eighty nine. That's thirty nineteen eighty nine. That's. Uh, 33 years ago and they haven't done it since why 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 would why was this started and then stopped um i from what i've read i've done a decent amount of research on it from what i've read it was um neighboring states and even provinces in canada that told them to not do that because they weren't aware of how it would affect uh the ecosystems here as far as out competing other fish like the walleyes if they would make crossbreeds with the walleyes or anything like that. And they just didn't want them to spread into other lakes since they are technically an invasive species. They're not native to those lakes. Okay. Well, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this and uh, they, they, they took, they took nicely and apparently they, they have gotten into some neighboring lakes during high water situations. Is that true or is that a myth? Yeah, so the lake actually flooded. I think it was back in like '89. Uh huh. And they got into a, a neighboring slough there. But from what I've seen, they are naturally reproducing in there. We've caught multiple year classes from eight inches up to thirty inches, which is really great to see. And at the same time, while we're while we're fishing for them, we're catching walleyes and everything else so it doesn't seem like they've affected the walleye populations or anything like that because we've caught some very nice walleyes in there as well well you know it's it seems to me that uh uh somebody ought to, ought to restart this again not necessarily north dakota but but there could be other areas where they could bring these in introduce them and, and uh, bring in a, a vibrant fish fish population I, I know the anglers would enjoy catching these large walleye looking things yeah yeah so i i would be very curious to see if they would do the same in other other lakes just like this one i mean this is a, a it's a really clean lake there's good forage in there and it's able to support them along with the other fish so i think if you were to put them in a lake similar to that they would do well and not affect the ecosystem in the lake yeah interesting and I, you know I'm, I'm thinking uh if a if a lake already has walleyes in it, why why would you want to introduce this? And if if a lake or an area does not have walleyes, uh, the the people may not want them. I I know I had a uh, I had a friend. They went uh, they went out with a guide night striper fishing, and it was in I want to say it was in Arkansas, and and they'd hook into a nice fish, re reel it in, and and the guy would say, "Oh damn, I would have cut the line. It's a walleye." Don't want those trash fish. He said, I, I'm, I'm reeling on an eight, nine pound walleye, and the guy's complaining that they're wasting their time on it. So so I, I don't think you could sell a program to introduce uh, a Xander or walleye and something like that, but I, I think it's a darn interesting, interesting fish. Are, are there a lot of people that go fishing for these, Xander? Yeah, so we actually make YouTube videos and such like that. 
and uh, we've gotten a lot of people that don't want us to tell people that there's Xanders in there just because it draws a lot of people in because it's something that you can't catch anywhere else in North America. You'd have to go to Europe. I mean, the closest place you can catch a Xander is 7,000 miles away across the ocean. <laughs> so it just like that, that point right there is it draws a lot of people in just to try and catch one and knock it off their bucket list. Yeah. Yeah, it makes, makes a lot of sense. Uh, anybody wants to read about this, all you got to do is put in Dustin Wolf, Xander, and you'll find all kind of articles about this. Uh, the first time you caught one, did you know it was not a walleye? Yeah, so I actually went out there with the intent of catching a Xander, and uh, we ended up, me and my friend John, we ended up catching, I think, seven Xanders the first time we ever went out there. Okay. Well, how did you know it was a Xander? So they've uh, they they've kind of got a spotted fin like a sauger. If you're familiar with a yes, sauger. they've got a spotted dorsal fin, and then uh, their fins are also a little bit bigger than a walleye's. And they've also got this really strong lateral line that goes across the side of their body, and the top of above the lateral line is striped like a perch, kind of. And then below it is a little bit more pale, even more pale than a walleye, but still that gold hue. And then their cheeks are really uh, pearlescent looking, and their heads are a little bit flatter and more pointed. And it, these uh, all these all these Xander that you have caught over over your your many years of fishing. I'm, I'm joking. You're only 22 years old. Uh, you, you've done an awful lot of fishing in a short amount of time. But uh, have they all gone back in the water? Yes. Yep. I encourage anyone that does go out there and fish for them to release them just because it is the only place in North America that you can go and catch them. So I'd like to see that population continue to reproduce and hopefully get some really big fish because Xanders can get up to 40 inches and pushing 20 pounds. Yeah, that that's absolutely amazing. I've seen those uh, European pictures. It's like uh, you know, uh, oftentimes people will put on uh, on social media pictures of pike and say, "Oh, they, I caught this in Minnesota," and then you'll research it and find out it was the guy wasn't fishing Minnesota; he was fishing in Europe. And those European pike get way bigger than American pike. So the, they've got yep. a, they've got it both. They got bigger walleye, bigger pike. Uh, how big was the how big was this uh, Xander that you caught that everybody's talking about? So the one I actually posted a picture of was a thirty incher, and that thing was about I'd say twelve thirteen pounds. Yeah, it was a it was a thick fish. It was long. Um, yeah, I mean I was amazed when I pulled that through. The biggest I had caught before that was a, a twenty four and a half incher. And we, we caught a couple in that year class size, but when I pulled that one through, I was like, I immediately knew. It. I was like, wow, that, that, I just got a 30-inch Xander. I was, I was speechless. Well, you know, a 30-inch a, a Xander that you caught, what, what did you say it weighed? How much? I didn't actually weigh it on a scale, I guess, anywhere from 11 to 13 pounds. Yeah, and, and, and if it was a walleye the same length, it would probably weigh three pounds lighter, don't you think? 
Uh, when we catch them in the winter here, they're usually pretty fat. Okay. They're, they're getting ready to, to spawn in the spring. So I think they do have some eggs in them when we catch them throughout the winter. Okay. Uh, they get fatter as we get later into the year here. It's February now. Um, the fish weir is actually just out there, and the fish we are catching are pretty fat. So I, I do think if you were to catch one midsummer, it would weigh significantly less, but they, they get pretty fat out there in the winter. Okay. All right. So, so tell me, how did you catch this? What, what were you using, uh, the, your whole setup? Tell me everything and what the bait was that caused this beast to eat. I was jigging with a frostbite dinner bell. Uh, it was a glow green color, uh, medium size, tipped with a fathead minnow. And I was fishing with a 36-inch rod. Um, I believe it was a medium. And I had eight-pound motto on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just after dark, or just after the sun went down in the evening, fishing about 15 foot of water. And it showed up right on bottom. I jigged once, and it came up and just crushed it. I set the hook, and I knew it was a big one right away. That is absolutely amazing. Must have been great fun. And and you you go you go after these things. Uh, you go after these things in open water as well. I have only tried it once. Um, I, it is something that I've talked about with John quite a bit, getting out there open water. But we we've only ever done it once, and we didn't catch them. Hmm, interesting. Uh, the the record was caught in uh, 2019, and it, it was uh, 35 35 and five eighths long, and uh, just a tad under 16 pounds. Uh, it, it, it's amazing, and uh, you know, not only saying it's a state record, but you know, it's the biggest Xander ever caught in North America. That's uh, that's pretty amazing, and, and you came close, and, and you were one of the few guys I hear that that do this consistently. Go out there and specifically target Xander. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a different kind of fish. People aren't uh, aren't going for it, uh, and uh, you know, I, I think if you keep at it, may, maybe the next world record, not world record, but U.S. record will be yours. Uh, tell us uh, what is Smack 'em Outdoors. So Smack 'em Outdoors is uh, our YouTube channel, Instagram page, Facebook page. Um, it's a group of me and my buddies that all went to high school in neighboring towns, and we all had this drive for the outdoors. Uh, we decided to start filming our videos and posting them on YouTube, um, and it, it kind of just grew for us. We all lived in central Minnesota, and Colin, the guy who actually is behind the camera filming our videos, he moved up to North Dakota to go to college up here. And after a year, he asked me if I wanted to move up here. And I, I took that and I moved up here. And we do, I think our main thing is uh, waterfowl hunting. But I myself personally like to fish a lot. And it's something we can do in the off season away from waterfowl hunting. So I find myself ice fishing a lot. Uh, considering we have a lot of ice fishing opportunity here in North Dakota, it usually goes from late November into March and even April sometimes yeah, if it's yeah. a church. That is that is absolutely incredible. Well, you 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 are you are the man. You are uh, you are a fishing maniac, and I would advise anybody to either Google Dustin Wolf Xander to read the story, or go to Smack 'Em Outdoors and see some incredible pictures and some cool merchandise that's available. And he is Dustin Wolf. He is the Xander King. 
And uh, we're very happy to have you on, my friend. Thanks for being with us. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. This segment of We Fish ASA is brought to you by Calcutta, makers of a lot of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion. I'm Steve Sarley. We'll be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta. We're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait and tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner Dave Kranz is remote. Very excited to bring on our next guest. He is without a doubt one of the best bass fishermen on the planet, as well as one of the nicest guys you've ever met, and probably a man who's got a bigger fan base than almost anybody else. The, uh, the public just loves following our next guest. He is the one, the only, Randy Howell. Hey, Randy, how you doing? Man, Steve, that is the best introduction I've ever had. I'll pay you later, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just say what you just said. Uh, that is a... Uh, I appreciate your saying that. That is absolutely wonderful. And, and as, as popular as you are, and, and I consider you a friend, Randy, I, I don't want to get on your bad side, but, uh, you know, they, they've got rankings uh, like bass fan, you know, the best uh, bass fisherman, number one, two, three, and, and, and all that. And uh, then uh, let's talk about ranking popularity. There are no official rankings for that, but... Uh, you're dropping down on the list of popularity because uh, you've had a young lady named of uh, Robin Howell get past you on the popularity list. She she's got a, an army of fans on social media that that is to absolutely be jealous of. And now there's somebody I, I think he's a relative, Laker Howell. My goodness, yeah. my goodness, how many how many fans does he have? You know, uh, I, you're going to end up carrying his tackle box for him. And uh, hopefully he. Hopefully he'll keep. Uh, he's doing a great job. Real proud of him. He's, he's gotten his uh, marketing business big. He's got license on Gunnersville, and he's wide open in the Toyota series, trying to pursue his career. 
and he's doing a great job taking doing doing right building good relationships and so we're proud of him and to get back to my my story of like you know last two years have been a real challenge and struggle i had a lot of i had a lot of health problems last year i had a i had a some that I, were vocal and some that weren't but one you know the biggest one i had covid and then i had pneumonia and i had to miss the first i missed lake champlain tournament in the summer first tournament i've ever missed in 30 year 30 year career fishing and um uh, and then prior to that in the before the season started i had i had some intestinal uh problems from years ago some surgeries i've had in 25 years ago that that were causing trouble and i had a I had a little minor surgery done and it never healed up so i struggled for gosh most of the season just went back and forth to the gastroenterology doctor and doing doing this doing that trying different medicines and just just had a struggle all year and so my you know no excuse for not catching fish but a lot of it is all, this business is huge confident huge momentum and a huge um we all know how to find fish but the mental game is where you excel or def or be defeated and I, I let that defeat me really bad the last couple of years so i'm really i finally got well and got healed up had a good uh december january and everything is going great the lord's really blessed us to get me back feeling good again and i got there and started i'm fishing two tours this year the major league fishing bass pro tour and the major league fishing pro circuit tackle warehouse pro circuit so i'm going to fish twice as much keep myself on the water more and uh, i feel like you know we, we have and great things are happening with last week catching the Two biggest bass of my life and setting that record and getting a good sixth place finish to start the points out so we're going in the right direction man i'm excited about the season so many things i want to talk to you about and i start going in different directions when you bring things up you talked about that uh, surgery 25 years ago if you go to randyhall.com and, and, and check out randy and his career and some great pictures um you'll read the story about uh uh randy's faith and randy's one of the the, the most uh uh, truly uh, uh, faithful guy in the world, uh, you know, a huge, uh, a huge uh, a Christian that uh, gives gives credit to Christ for everything that's good that's happened in his life. And you've got an amazing story about how your surgery cemented your faith years ago, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, it's, you know, it's been a long time ago now, but it's definitely what started me out and, you know, 19 years old and Having that come like ruptured and almost died, and I had emergency surgery and had a major three major surgeries at Duke Medical Center, and really had a miracle that to ever get better quick as I did and get back and start. I had just qualified on the Bassmaster Tour at night when they start the pro pro career. Had my tour card and I didn't look like I was going to be able to make all those setbacks, and then lo and behold, it all came together, and I still started and really never. Missed a tournament from 18 years old all the way till last year uh, because of sickness. So it's been a great career, and the Lord's really blessed me. But I'm definitely thankful to have a platform, and I try to use that platform to reflect His light. Because with you know, without Christ in our life, you know, we we would have no future or nothing to live for. So I'm I'm definitely thankful for that. Excellent, excellent. Uh, you know, I'm going to finish up talking about your family. I. I uh, you talked about how well Laker was doing, and I had said uh, uh, talked about Robin's popularity, and and you didn't you didn't go to that. Are, are you are you just getting a little bit jealous of how popular she is? 
No, she's my. I'm her biggest fan, <laughs> and she's my biggest fan. And that's a great. We'll we'll be married thirty years come May this year, and uh, we we've done it through the ups and downs and the the valleys and the high points, and you know we've been there through it all. So she's awesome, and she's a great supporter. And uh, I'm missing her not being on the road with me. That was another mental deal last year. It was the first year I've ever traveled on tour year without her with me, and because my my sixteen year old son Oakley. Yeah, got into basketball really big. We put him into high school here at Gunnersville Public School to play ball. So she had to start staying home to be here with him instead of homeschooling. So that changed the dynamic of my mental game, too, and doing everything on my own and not having her there to help me. So I, we got it all right, though. It's going in the right direction this year. And uh, once he's graduated high school, she'll be back out there with me, and it'll be all, all good again. Yeah, bas- I can I can see basketball because uh, if, you, if you go to a uh – one of the big fishing shows or, you know, the cla- uh, classic Red Crest, any of those big expos, and, and uh, the Howells travel together. Usually the whole family is there. You, you, you walk up, and it's like you think you've uh, uh, fallen off the earth and ended up in the land of the Giants. That's a, a, a very tall family. That definitely looks like a basketball family. Yeah, they're big boys, man. I, I'm, not, I'm only 5'11", and Robin was 5'10", you know, before – we all shrunk a little bit in over years, but you know how that happens. But we got some, she's got some tall genes on her side of the family and some tall relatives that I think got some of those tall genes from. So they're Laker 6'5", and Oakley 6'3". And uh, so Laker, Laker, though, was all fishing. He didn't ever really get into basketball much, but Oakley's hardcore going into basketball now. Is, uh, does Oakley fish? He, he had fished and was really, you know, won the state championship in the junior division for Alabama in the Bass Nation stuff in uh, eighth grade. And then we put him in school last year for ninth grade. He got into basketball and nobody was fishing. So he kind of got out of fishing for now. But hopefully he'll come back around a little later. Excellent. Yeah, you just came back from a tournament that you did incredibly well in. Uh, di- didn't win it, didn't win it, but you ended up fishing on the last day and, and doing well. You, you broke the record for largest bass ever caught in a uh, Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour event. You did, I, I mean, you just got to be walking on air catching fish like that. And, and, and lo and behold, you go on the Internet, and the big story seems to be that uh, you did good, but uh, your son Laker Howell did better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be almost a little tough to swallow. No, it's a, I'm so I'm so excited, man. I love I love for every every week, everywhere he goes, so he could do better than me would be great because I I love to see him be successful because you know that's what we try to do to bring our kids up and you always want them to be successful and him coming up in the sport that I've been in this long and and so many things it's hard I know as a youngster being compared to your dad or, or being looked at to thinking you know everything he does is, is going to be more scrutinized whether it's good or bad um and and he's already and he's got a lot to uh, try to and just that just that whole perception deal but i'm thankful i've tried to leave a good legacy and have good relationships with people everywhere that he when people say something about his dad it ain't your dad's the sob your dad's a good guy you know yeah 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 that'll maybe that'll help him and uh and i'm thankful i'm i'd love to see him keep doing good and you know and he caught his biggest bass ever, 11 and a half pounds down when he was down at Okeechobee and finished, he finished 11th in the Toyota series, then caught that big one the next day, I filmed a YouTube show. And so when I caught that 10 pound 11 ounce the week, three days later, 
that was my biggest bass ever and it was to a record and all that but that night when we were talking he said well dad i'm proud of you but you know i still got the big bass in the house now and i said yeah (laughs) but then the next day you know 18 hours later literally i catch a 12 14 and break down my own record and then beat him again and so man it was the most funny thing ever because he because he's like, oh, he called me up. He said, you suck, man. You suck. All these people calling, <laughs> running me out. And saying, my dad, you can't beat your dad. So it's fun to have that little fun rivalry back and forth. And, oh, uh, no doubt. No, no doubt. No doubt. Hey, it, you know, it's absolutely incredible. You, you, you caught your biggest bass ever. You broke the record twice uh, in, in, the, in the same tournament. Uh, what, what does that feel like? It's got to be surreal to see two fish of that size so close to each other it, it is man that's why i say this without a doubt it was a supernatural happening and it don't just happen like that i mean god definitely had his hand in that i think just to just to really help get me back in the highlights again so i feel like because i i you know i had such a bad year last year i hadn't done anything right in so long competitively i needed that little boost and i was praying hard for that to something good to happen and specifically praying and asking lord let me catch something big let me do something big let me get a good start to this season and then for that to happen and i was happy with the 10 11 fish on that first round day and let them go and have a bigger greater thing the last day and i know without it was it was god's hand because you, you know, i fished for my whole life 48 years old but i fished up best private lakes and people you know tv show lakes and i've never caught one up in half pounds and so for that to happen two days in a row on public lakes is just definitely God's hand. Yeah, it, 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 we were, I was talking about that, uh, ask whoever about what's the biggest fish they ever caught, and uh, it's it's always a big fish, but usually it's never in a tournament. They they don't get weighed in. And why? Well, you spend a lot more time fishing in non-tournaments than fish, so the chances are, are, are better. It's not like you can force big fish. What, 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 what did you catch those fish on, those huge fish? Well, the first, the first one uh, on the Canyon Lake, it was a real tough bite. Water was 47 to 50 degrees cold. Uh, I really only had a good lipless crankbait bite going on. I was using a three-quarter ounce Livingston Pro Ripper and then also an old one-knocker that they quit making years ago. It's an old favorite that I pull out every once in a while when the water's real cold. I actually was rotating back and forth, caught some on both, but that big fish I caught on the old one-knocker that they quit making years ago. And uh, But at the time, I think that fish would have bit whichever one I was throwing because it not even on a place you would ever expect me to catch a 10 pounder. It was just in a little bend in a pocket between two points. It wasn't even on. I was actually trucking it going from one point to the next, just casting across this three foot deep flat and boom, he hits it almost at the boat and just followed it. And that was just why I say it was a miracle fish that he was even worried with that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stop in the middle of the story, Randy Howell. I'm going to stop. I want to continue with this. I need to take a quick break, let our sponsors have a word. We'll come back, let your sponsors have a word. Talk some more about these record fish. Talk some more about becoming a better bass fisherman. This is We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley here with Randy Howell. We'll be right back. For most anglers, the unexpected is expected. But what you can do is take matters into the seat of your... Well, shorts. Meet Aftco's Overboard Shorts, winner of the iCast Best in Category for Technical Clothing. 
built with a 100% submersible pocket that keeps the unexpected dry dock for the other guy. Overboard keeps the good times rolling and your valuables safe for the next adventure. Overboard Shorts from Aftco. Learn more at aftco.com overboard. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting rail. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth, St. Croix. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner, Dave Kranz, is remote. I am with the one and only Randy Howell, one of the best bass fishermen on the planet, one of the nicest guys you've ever met. Uh, he's definitely fan-friendly. He's got an army of fans that follow him from tournament to tournament, and it is a well-deserved popularity that this man has. Randy Howell, talking about uh, him catching the uh, Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour record fish, biggest fish ever weighed in, and then following it up right after that, breaking his own record with a second double-digit fish, uh, did, did you see the, did you see the fish right away when you hooked it? Uh, yeah. And so then the second fish, uh, you know, on that, that like, what was so crazy is after having that, I thought it was going on and I get to the ramp that morning at the new lake, all these locals were just a ton, ton of people out. They all kept saying, Hey, you, you broke the record yesterday, but you could break it on this lake. Our lake's better than that lake. We got big ones. And he was, I was just hearing all this, hearing all this, hearing all this. And, you know, and I was just excited and, and then go out there and I fish. For, never been on the water before fished for five and a half to six hours and never had a bite so <laughs> it went from the bottom of the the roller coaster of emotions it was four of us that hadn't even caught a bass yet it was a very tough bite 15 degree with cold water florida strain bass and then all of a sudden i i move into the one area i changed a black blue laminate cinco five inch cinco and start kind of finessing that lightweight cinco into these little three foot deep bushes on this flat and i catch a three and a half pounder so now I know I'm not going to finish last, so I was happy about that. And then all of a sudden, I'm just flipping 3,000 bushes, and the 3,001 bush I flip into, it keeps right on swimming, and I set the hook, and daggum, they're both 13 pounders. It's like no, no rhyme or reason, doesn't make any sense why, but I'm so thankful that it happened. It's great. Well, I understand when you see the fish, you know what you're doing battle with. Uh, you know, you can pretty much recognize that. But yeah, there's times you, you you hook a big you hook a big fish you have you got a feeling it's a, it's a it's a big fish but you don't realize how big it is. Um, yeah, you got to rent fishing 
Instagram or, or Facebook, either one, or at Randy Howell Fishing. I've got the video on both platforms of catching both of those fish, and you can watch that one and, and through my, from my GoPro camera. And you can see when I set the hook, I was kind of, I pulled pretty hard on me. It was kind of a surprise that, and all of a sudden, and immediately, as I pulled hard on him, I had him in the edge of a bush, and, and her head came up, and I pulled her out of the bush. I wish you could have seen that thing, but when I saw her, immediately, I knew she was a giant, biggest fish I've ever hooked, because as soon as I saw the girth and the mouth, it was like a bucket mouth, and I'm like, oh, my God. And, that, and in the video, you can hear me say, it's another 10-pounder, and it jumps slightly out of the water, and I Ooh. had it on big dowage flipping stick so i had control over 22 pound dial j fluoro fluorocarbon so i muscled her and kept her head because i knew a fish that big if you ever let them go down and dig then they're gonna they're gonna get you you know and yeah yeah with all the bushes a bunch of bushes and limbs and stobs sticking up it was in a jungle basically so i never let her go down she i kept her on the surface just wallowing on the surface until i grabbed her and just the best case scenario for sure Unbelievable. Well, I, I I probably should have watched this closer to to avoid asking a repetitive question. But at what at, at the point that you realize that you have a special fish on the line, do you change the way you're playing this fish? Does does something kick into your brain saying, "Oh my God, it's a monster! I can't lose this. I got to do it different than that three pounder I just had on." Yeah, definitely. As soon as I saw it, I knew it was a monster, and I knew it was the biggest bass I'd ever hooked. And immediately I said, I was like, you got to, don't mess this up, Randy. You got to keep this up. And that's the good thing about just being prepared. We've done this for so long that no matter what happens, I know we've got the best equipment. Everything was no reason to any for anything to fail other than me. So I had to do my part. So I just kept it up on the surface and kept her head up, and I saw the immediately that the, that the Cinco was down her throat, so I knew she was hooked good. So I wasn't worried about her just shaking the hook out, but I just knew I needed to keep her head up so I could not get her break off in a, in a stick-up or something. And so it, it was over pretty quick, you know, and I'm glad it was because you don't want to fish like that out there on a long cast. <laughs> All right. So you, you, you caught two record-breaking fish in the same tournament. Begs the question, how the heck did you not win this tournament putting fish like that in the boat? Man, I, because I, I, I still was one big bite short. Um, and, uh, you know, Bradley Roy and Brian Thrift, they didn't catch many fish, but they both caught, you know, an eight to nine pounder also. And then Jones was second. He caught a nine pounder. And so there was a lot of really big fish caught. It just wasn't many fish caught. And uh, so I, I just needed one or two more bites. I just didn't get them, but, I, but I'm sure glad I got the one that I did because it made a huge difference, and it's cool to have uh, this possibly a record that may not ever be broken, really, you know, because I remember for 20-plus years, I fished Bassmaster. Mark Menendez had a 12-pounder back in the 80s or early 90s. Yeah. Nobody's ever broken that still on the on that record, so I feel like almost 13-pounder could hold up and be safe for who knows a lot of years, and it's cool to have something like that, especially when my boy's coming up behind me and the fish, having having something in the record book that Jacob Wheeler don't have because <laughs> he's won everything. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, I tell you, I'm, I'm getting tired of Jacob Wheeler. I've had I had enough of that guy. <laughs> he is unbelievable how good he is, man. How he how he wins, and I'm man, he's a great 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 guy. And so it's a it's a feather in my hat that won't be easily easily taken, I feel like. So I'm, I'm definitely thankful for that. No, not, not at all. Hey, talking, talking about record fish and, and I'll have people ask from time to time, 
How come the 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 record bass is not caught by any of these uh, Bassmaster or Major League Fishing guys? Is caught by people who never heard of. Why don't these guys do it? And I, well, it, it'll take us a long time to go over that. You know, you're, you're, a lot of these waters that hold fish like that uh, are not fished in tournaments, uh, which is why yeah. you know you guys, a lot of you guys catch your biggest fish ever in non-tournament situations, but. It, it, and it's the numbers, you know. You know, you got you got a hundred guys fishing fishing for bass, and you got a million guys out there fishing on the weekends, and somebody's gonna gonna catch the big one by accident. If have you ever thought about what it would be like, or the possibility of catching the world record bass? Man, I tell you, I I've really never given a, a thought to it. It's always been a dream as a as an angler growing up as a kid, especially. You always want to. You'd love to catch a world record bass, you know, be unbelievable. But though how big that is, it's like you're like, wow, most you rarely get to fish a place that has the potential to have a world record in it, you know, I right. believe. But but especially but a state record and like that lake, that was a pretty young lake. That lake was kind of building stock in two thousand seventeen. So for that fish <laughs> to be thirteen pounds almost in, in four and a half years is phenomenal how they've managed and done a great job with the wildlife resources there. And uh, and it broke the lake record by two ounces. So last year somebody caught a twelve pound uh, eleven ounce bass there. And uh, so then my twelve fourteen broke that. So that's like that that could get broken again on the lake record because I feel like those fish are growing really healthy there. You're headed uh, this season to Lake Fork in Texas, uh, which is uh, really coming back strong. And Fork is known for big fish, and uh, it's spitting out those uh, sheer lunker fish that uh, Texas is so proud of. That program that they've got uh, uh, a, a 13, 14 pound fish on a on a fairly regular basis. When, when you think about something like that, so you're going to be fishing on on somebody on, on water. That could give up something uh, really huge. Here, here's here's a dilemma. You're, you're fishing a tournament, major league major league fishing bass pro tournament, and 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 you are fortunate enough to hook the world record bass. Okay. Yeah. What 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 happens to that fish after you take that hook out of its lip? Man, I don't know. I tell you what, if it was a world record like that, it would be so un unbelievable just that nobody would probably know what to do or what to even expect but like in texas i'm sure it would be it would be a plan in place already because the texas parks and you know, wildlife people are huge conservationists and and we've got a major league fishing full-time biologist that goes to all our events that does this swab testing that we're doing all bass over seven pounds you do a swab the, the, the boat official does a swab and sends a dna sample in for the uh, biologists and they're using that data to help each state to determine the gene and genetics of the bass if it you know how old it is or if it's a florida strain or a mixed breed or whatever it is so we're major league fishing does a lot in that in that conservation world to help each state since they don't have a lot of funding to do a lot of the things they need to do so I'm sure we'd have a plan in place, and that we we got a good we got two big live wheels on that trike next to our tee of mine, and I'm sure we caught a world record. And let me put some water in there and save that baby till we got it figured out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know it, it, it's it's quite it's quite a dilemma because obviously as a professional you're a catch and release guy, uh, but when you think about it, you'd be the most famous fisherman in the world, and, and uh, uh, the, the attention you'd get would be uh, would be uh, incredible. But if you keep the fish, you're the worst guy in the world. Social media, they're going to tear you down. 
If you let it go, they're going to tear you down because now you're the dumbest guy in the world for letting it go. On the other hand, you've just disqualified yourself from the tournament by keeping that fish too. Yeah. You know, yeah, so exactly. it's, 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 it's a tough call. But you know what, Randy Howe? I, I think that uh, that would be a great thing to live through and a great thing to have to make a tough decision like that. What an incredible thought. Unbel- unbelievable. I think it uh, uh, could happen. And if anybody anybody was to do that or catch a record fish from the professional ranks, I think that Randy Howell would be the guy. you got a big tournament coming up, the uh, Red Crest. It's the, uh, the Major League Fishing Championship event. It's, it's coming up at uh, uh, Grand Lake of the Cherokees out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm... I'm feeling good that I'm uh, I'm going to be there to watch it. I'm not. I didn't qualify for fishing, and unfortunately. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. That's right. I'm sorry. I don't mean to ask you an embarrassing <laughs> no, question but, like that. No, I'm excited about being there because I will. All of the pro tour anglers that aren't in the competition will be there at Expo to work sponsor booths. So I'll be there working for Daiwa and Triton and Mercury and Livingston Lures and all of, you know Tech, all my great. It's going to be a big extravaganza, much like a Bassmaster Classic. We're building this into uh, to be the biggest bass show on earth, and it's just take, it's going to take some time. But this is going to be the biggest one that we've ever had this year in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So anybody that wants to come out to, to be a part of it, you'll get to be there to see all the great things that you see at every Bassmaster Classic. Plus, you'll have all the big-name pros uh, on, on site there to take pictures and autographs and do things with. So it'll be a great show. I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great city, and that is the uh, the corporate home to Major League Fishing. So, I mean, you got to put on a good show at home. So I, I'm thinking this is going to be the one of the biggest and best fishing expos anybody's ever seen. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. There's been a lot of money. Uh, spent right now promoting and marketing, and you know, and the Cronky Sports and Entertainment's our media partner with Major and was is our you know like a fifty one forty nine partnership there, and and that's uh, uh, Stan Cronky is is the one of the biggest billionaires in America that owns the Los Angeles Rams who just won the Super Bowl last week. Isn't that so? Something? Yeah, so he they they're they're going to put out they're doing a lot to promote it on the media side and in the world of sports so there's going to be major athletes showing up there major hunting people tv show people there's, there's going to be a lot of stuff that's bigger and better than we've ever seen in our sport before so i'm really looking forward to seeing what it's going to be like and hopefully making it making it to fish in it the next year <laughs> yeah w- 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 without a doubt don't like to see you sitting on the sidelines for anything i definitely want to see you with a, with a rod in your hand making things happen hey this is randy howell one of the best fishermen on the planet, one of the nicest guys. Uh, I wish we had twice as much time. I'd like to talk to him more about how he catches them on such a consistent basis. Uh, told us how he caught those uh, record-breaking big ones down in Louisiana. He, he is a great guy. Wish you and your family the best of luck, health, and happiness in the future. Randy Howell, thanks for being with us. Let's do it again. Man, Steve, thank you guys for having me. It's always a pleasure talking to you, and let's Let's make it. Let's make some more highlights so we can talk a little sooner next time. All right. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Randy Howell, thanks for being with us. Thank you. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guest, Dan Johnston. Excellent. St. Croix, Dan Johnston, talking Bassmaster Classic. Then we had on Dustin Wolf, a young 
angler from uh, the northern Midwest. Happened to catch the biggest Xander ever caught in the USA. What's a Xander? Go back and listen to that one again. It's a walleye on steroids. They're uh, very limited in where they can be caught, but this guy sought out the biggest one that swims in our country. And I got to spend some quality time with uh, one of my favorite guys on the uh, fishing tours, the one and only Randy Howell. Always like talking to Randy Howell, and I always like uh, talking about our sponsors. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion. And Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. They certainly do. Daiwa Reels. Remember that We Fish ASA is a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week, available 24-7 wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can contact us through our website, wefishasa.com. Please let us know if you like what you hear. If there's something you'd like to hear or hear us talk about or somebody you think we ought to have on the show, let us know that too. We appreciate your suggestions and we answer all of our mail. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner's Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week now. Let's go fishing. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.